What's up, people? Another episode of Just for Sport on this Friday. I know I normally record on Thursday. But, but, had some unforeseen circumstances come up that uh, took my attention. Don't need to go into it, but here I am on a Friday, ready to rock again. Now, that being said, as I was going through the day and I was like, man, I wish I could record today. There's a topic I really want to talk about. But it worked out perfect because I waited. The topic that I'm going to get into later in the show is the revealing of the NBA 75 list. And what the NBA got right and got wrong with the list. Yeah, there are a lot of people out there about the snubs. Rightfully, there are a lot of people on that list that deserve to be on that list too. Kudos to the NBA for even putting it out there. So I'll get into that. Of course, I'm going to do my gut check picks. Now, in fairness to the gut check picks, I was going... To not pick Cleveland yesterday. So I got to just put that out there. That in my mind. I did not think that the Cleveland Browns. Would beat the Denver Broncos. Even though it was in Cleveland. But I was impressed. I was actually quite happy. Uh, Well happy isn't the right word. I just stick with impressed. That Cleveland was able to gut check that game out. They won it. Fair and square. Case Keenum, under center. Talk a little bit about that. In Major League Baseball, I said it was going to be the Boston Red Sox and the Atlanta Braves in the World Series. And what do you know? Houston is back in it. Atlanta still has a lead, but the Dodgers, boy, what a game yesterday. Three home runs, I'll get into that, for one Mr. Chris Taylor. Are the Dodgers still alive? It's possible, but Atlanta's still up 3-2, and I'll talk a little bit about that too. But I'm going to start with my concern for the Washington football team and the National Football League. Because now, Congress wants to look at those documents. Sometimes you'd like to think that leagues and teams and players are smarter than the decisions that they actually make in public. Now, I'm not going to totally 100% criticize anybody. I have made mistakes 
organizations that I've worked for are not perfect either. But to this level, when you think about the National Football League, and they came out with their press release, but also, you know, let's just put in the tweet, and we think that that'll be the end of it. That the NFL said they went through over 600 emails and found no other wrongdoing. But a couple things with John Gruden and Bruce Allen. Now you know, when Congress heard that, they were like, yeah, let me see those documents. Let us be the, whether you want to say they're really unbiased or not, let us look at them. We'll determine if there's nothing there. I worry about the NFL. I really do. A five-page letter. Was written uh, two weeks ago. That really laid out. Why. Congress wants to take a look at these documents. The worst part about it for me is it didn't have to happen if the NFL had just said, yo, we're going to just put everything out here. We got to really get ahead of this. Sometimes you think you're a little bit bigger than you are. And that's what I see is what the NFL did. I thought they were making the right decision or who knows, maybe there's a whole big conspiracy and the NFL was like, yo, yo, Democrats, you know, uh, the representative Carolyn Maloney from New York and Raja Krishna Morthy from Illinois are the two that are asking the league to turn over several of the documents and answer questions involving the NFL's investigation on November 4th. And they wrote in part in that five-page letter, quote, We have serious concerns about what appears to be widespread abusive workplace conduct at the Washington football team and about the NFL's handling of this matter. Communications between league management and Washington football team leadership also raises questions about the league's asserted impartiality in these investigations. I'm going to say it here. Daniel Snyder's done. By the end of this investigation, we will have a new ownership group of the Washington football team. That's my prediction. You think Washington was fined $10 million after the investigation was concluded? That Daniel Snyder... Uh, made his wife, Tanya Snyder, co-CEO of the franchise. Daniel wants to focus on getting a new stadium, which I actually hope the Washington football team gets in D.C., not far from my house, you know, maybe. Increase the property value. But also restore what was, I remember, my childhood is RFK Stadium. Build that area up.
there were 10 former Washington football team employees that sent letters to multiple sponsors wanting a deeper investigation, a more impartial investigation into the Washington football team and now the National Football League and probably Las Vegas Raiders. This spider web is going to grow and grow and grow. And the reason it will grow and become worse is because the NFL did not just chop it off at the head from the beginning. You tried to get soft with your punishment for the Washington football team, and that's my team. I don't want them to get punished. I am embarrassed by what happened, so they should be punished. But you don't want it to happen. And now we're at a point where the damage is going to be worse than if the NFL had just said, Daniel Snyder, you're done. From the beginning, they should have. The emails may not have even come out, which I'm not saying, you you know, hey, let's sweep that under the rug. But I'm saying that the aftermath, because if you remember, Daniel Snyder was the one who asked for these emails unrelated to John Gruden, and that's what opened up John Gruden. I understand and I get that there's a hard thing about transparency, but when you were in a situation like this, it probably would have been best if the NFL was just transparent and just cut the head off. Daniel Snyder, you're done. Just like they did with Jerry Richardson. I felt like that went quick. Jerry, yeah, uh... Call him on the phone. Yeah, you're done. You got to sell the Carolina Panthers. We're moving on. How many people even think about what happened with the Carolina Panthers anymore? No one. The Washington football team will be stuck under this forever unless Daniel Snyder is gone. And Congress is going to make sure that that happens. Not on purpose. But the letter goes on to say, quote, the NFL's lack of transparency about the problems it recently uncovered raised questions about the seriousness with which it has addressed bigotry, racism, sexism, and homophobia, setting troubling precedent for other workplaces. How stupid could you be when the NFL's general counsel, Jeff Pash, was involved in the investigation? Let's be real. We know no one in the Washington, D.C. area thought that the investigation by uh, Beth Wilkinson was legit. You can't say you're doing an internal investigation and hired a law firm that really represents you as a company. It's not really an investigation. There was no written report after the Wilkinson investigation, after almost 150 people have been interviewed, the non-disclosure agreements that were signed. You can't lay everything at the, at the hands of Bruce Allen. Come on. The oversight committee is going to destroy 
the Washington football team. And the only way at this point the NFL can keep from this investigation getting worse is they've got one more chance to say, Daniel Snyder, you gotta go. Because you not only hurt us with what you did originally, but now with your emails, you just opened up a whole another Pandora's box. Independent investigation by Beth Wilkinson. Come on. That was not an independent investigation. So, yeah. That's the only thing the NFL can do. NFL spokesman Brian McCarthy said via uh, email, we have received the chairwoman's letter and share a concern that all workplaces should be free from any form of harassment and discrimination. We look forward to speaking to her office soon. They better do what's right and just, yep, you can have everything. Daniel Snyder's gone. We're changing the Washington football team. We're putting new efforts in place across all teams and the NFL office. Why sweeping changes need to happen. And I hope that they do. I know a little something about that. I also know a little bit of something about the National Basketball Association. I love it. I mean, I love football too. I'd say football, basketball, tennis are my my three made like that's that's the tier A sports that I focus on. Tier B is baseball, soccer, Formula One. That's about it. And so the National Basketball Association came out to this uh NBA 75. And of course there was big doings about, not so much about the list. That's the part that's like, yo, if you get the list wrong, you get more negativity than you do people being positive about the list. And that's what I feel like. Even when you watched TNT last night. Yeah, they talked a little bit about, yeah, NBA 75. But realistically, you know what they wanted to hear. You know what the viewers wanted to hear. You know what the panel wanted to talk about. Shaq, Charles Barkley, Kenny Smith, Ernie Johnson talked about who was left off the list. In my mind, more than who was left on it. Or who was on it, rather. First of all, the first mistake that I thought, I don't care if it was a tie, you can't have a list of 50 and not make it 50. So you can't have a list of 75 and make the list 76. If it's 70, the greatest 75, then it's the greatest 75. And that's it. The NBA already got it wrong. You had to put the little disclaimer at the bottom with your big logo, NBA 75, and at the bottom is like 76 best players. Then you should have made it NBA 76. So you already got that wrong. But I do love the NBA. 
Next thing, you cannot knock off anybody that was on the top 50. You can't do it. That's the second criteria that is important for an NBA 75 list. You can't do it. The 50 need to be on the 75. They have to be. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole list. There There were a lot of good stats that went into I think the biggest snub of who wasn't on the 75 and who was and the thing for me is as I was looking at the list And the one that I said, yeah, I don't I don't know about that. It's probably Anthony Davis. And Dwight Howard, as was a comparison. I just I just here was a stat that I saw and it just and and there was a couple of them that did this. They said player A and player B. So player A, eight-time All-Star, eight-time All-NBA, five-time All-Defense, three-times Defensive Player of the Year, five-times Rebound Leader, two-times Block Leader, an NBA champ, and average uh, 19K points in his career, 14K rebounds, 2K blocks. Player B, eight-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA, four-time All-Defense, three-time Block Leader, a champ, 13,000 points, 6K rebounds, 1K blocks. Player A is Dwight Howard. Player B is Anthony Davis. To me, that was the most egregious error. And the only one that I think really should think about if there was a way to redo it. And I know there really isn't a way to redo it. the way things were voted on. It's not possible. But it it just makes me sad. It makes me sad because, I mean, I guess to an extent now when you think about who didn't make it, that he'll probably make it on top 100. Dwight Howard will. He has to. I mean, you gotta, you gotta put him in top 100, but I just didn't get that. And I think, unfortunately, when you think of 
you know, voting. I know some people didn't think Damian Lillard should be on there. Clay Thompson wasn't happy, saying in his mind he thinks he's a top 75 player. Kyrie Irving, some people said he should be top 75. You know the first thing I said? No shot. Kyrie Irving has no shot of making that list. Double entendre there, you know? (laughs) But I think maybe, if not a thing where it's saying you shouldn't include current players, maybe under 10 years in the league. Like, I love Giannis too. I do. But to be 26 years old, And you not know what else is going to happen for the rest of his career. Obviously, I don't want anybody to get injured and, you know, have something happen to them. No. But maybe you could think about, hey, you had to have played a certain number of years in the league before you're even, you should even be considered. But man, it's tough. I mean, to be left off that list, I mean, the beauty, if you talk about the positive, the best video I saw yesterday was when the TNT crew um, told Reggie Miller. And the excitement on his face was priceless. And that makes me happy. It does. I'm glad my guy Dennis Rodman is there. Love, Dennis. The other thing with the NBA is, you know, we're enjoying this first three days of games, which is exciting. If I can make any early observations, Dallas will not be good. Uh, I don't want to say the Clippers won't be good, but to hear that it may be some time before Kawhi comes back, eh. I don't know. I think the Heat are back, though. I think the Heat are definitely back. Chicago Bulls might be a sleeper team. They've retooled. Watch out. The Milwaukee Bucks are legit, but now everybody's coming for them. So that's going to be interesting to see how they respond. Everybody's sleeping on Golden State. Now, maybe sleeping is a harsh word, but you know who's going to be on a mission when he returns, and that's one Klay Thompson. Maybe he and Kawhi will come back at the same time. Are the Sacramento Kings for real? Can the Memphis Grizzlies make their way to the top? It's loaded in the West. I don't know. But it's neat to look at the standings now when you see like this one through six separation. And then you have the seven through ten. You know, they got that play in tournament thing that's going to be exciting. One thing I heard in the news that I hope is not true and some people are questioning it. We talk about the mental health aspect of 
athletes across the board. And Ben Simmons came out and said that he's not prepared to play right now. And he used the word, I'm not mentally ready. And Daryl Morey said, hey, this may be a lengthy standoff. Because Daryl Morey wants a quote-unquote difference maker in a trade. He said, quote, on a radio station, quote, so people should buckle in. This is going to go a long time because my only job is to help us get the best chance to win the title. Ben Simmons is a difference maker. So if we can get him back, he will help us win the title. If we can trade Ben Simmons for a difference maker, we will do it. I think that's best for everyone in this situation, end quote. And probably the most damning thing that I heard, or read rather, was all the way from Australia. Did you see that quote from Andrew Bogut? I mean, it was... You don't have a reason to jump in on this. Andrew Bogut is also from Australia, like Ben Simmons. He has played on a national team with Ben Simmons, and he said about the quote-unquote ugly standoff between Simmons and the 76ers, quote, it's not good for either party, in my opinion, Ben's side of things, training with your phone in your pocket, not being glued into what's going on. Unfortunately, he has form doing these kinds of things. We experienced it with the national team. There's not going to be too much sympathy for him, but hopefully they can sort it out and both parties can have something positive to come out of it, end quote. That's disturbing. It's disturbing on so many levels if you are trying to make heads or tails about it. Who's right and who's wrong? And it really isn't a right or wrong in this situation. But when you hear that, it's like this is par for the course for Ben Simmons. Caring about himself. Thinking that he's better than everyone else, bigger than everyone else. And in many ways, what started this is but not backing it up. He didn't back it up in the playoffs. Three shots in the elimination round. Three field goal attempts. And we all know about the miss, the, the dunk he didn't take. What I want to see and what I think can happen for now all three parties in my mind is you've got three point guards out there. And on a tweet I said yesterday, there's a fourth one. But I was talking for a while about a swap, Kyrie for Ben Simmons. But then I remember John Wall's out there too for Houston. And he makes a lot more money than Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving, so that trade's going to be tougher. And also with some of the moves that Orlando made, it made me think about, well, what does that mean for Markel Falls? So there's four point guards out there that want a new home, need a new home. If they can find some way to agree to make the swaps. Now Markel Fultz may not necessarily be in that boat. 
That's more me saying that. Not reading anything. That's just kind of my take on where the Orlando Magic are with their team. I would say in many ways they want to go in the... I don't know if it's right to say a different direction, but they've got some really talented rookies. And to think that for Markel Fultz, maybe it would be good to have a, a new place, a new home for him. Why not? Because they got a lot of point guards on that team. And, I mean, what are you going to do with all of them? Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, Michael Carter-Williams. Not enough time. Not enough minutes for everybody. So somehow, maybe they can make that work. Let's talk about Major League Baseball. And I'm going to, you know, talk about my tier A, tier B has baseball in it. And I'm watching the games, but not fully vested. I watch a little bit of them. I'll watch a pitch or two. I'll flip back and forth during a commercial. But there are a couple things that are not easy to do. And one is be engaged in anything that has the stop and starting the way that baseball does. And the fact that the games last sometimes well over four hours. It's just not exciting. And it's good when you get a home run here and there. Or, you know, uh, I mean, I'm not really for pitcher's duel. So I'm not going to say like, oh, somebody's striking out 13. I get excited by. No, I really like scoring. And there's been, you know, some games that have a lot of scoring. The Dodgers scored 11 runs last night. Chris Taylor was amazing. But realistically, you can't possibly be watching baseball for an entire game. I mean, if you're a diehard Dodgers or Braves or Red Sox or Astros fan, yeah, you, I guess, yeah, you're watching some, but I, I would even think that some of those fans are not watching on a regular basis the entire game. The Dodgers were almost eliminated, down 3-1, and they saved their season, and now they've got to win two in Atlanta. And I don't know if they can do it. The Astros are starting a rookie in Luis Garcia in game six of the ALCS. The game is in Houston. Dodgers don't play again until Saturday. Well, the Red Sox at Astros is tonight. I think that the Astros are going back to the World Series as much as I really, really hate it. You know, there was already a controversy in game 
five with the light that was shining out in center field that, you know, Dusty Baker and said, oh, yeah, I know about it. Alex Cora said, yeah, yeah, we're fine. But, of course, that still brought up questions about the cheating. Especially when you find out that it wasn't just 2017 or 2018, but 2019 they were doing it too. So who's to say they aren't doing it in 2021? And who's to say that the Red Sox aren't either? Because they have Alex Cora, who was on that Astros team when they were cheating. That's got to hurt. You can never escape it. You never will. You never, ever, ever, ever will. And I certainly don't like the fact that now the Astros are going to be back in the World Series. And I think for them, they want people to not talk about it. Hey, that was the past. No, it's not the past. It's very much in the present. Because there are still players on that team. Jose Altuve was hitting home runs. What was the first thing I was thinking about? What's he wearing under his jersey? It's a fact. It's a fact. And it's not going away. And they don't deserve to have it go away either. Alex Bregman's still on that team. Carlos Correa's still on that team. Guilty, guilty, guilty. Even if they feel like they're not guilty, by association they are. And so is the Astros team. And that's my biggest problem and sadness for what they did. Because I don't think, just like I talked earlier about the National Football League, I don't think Major League Baseball came down hard enough on the Astros either. They didn't. They really didn't. And now the Astros are going back to the World Series unless the Red Sox can do something magical. Something that, well, not quite down 3 nothing, but something that the last wild turnaround of a, a playoff series was, to me, Red Sox beating the Yankees after being down 3-0. We'll see if they can do it again. Dodgers trying to win two in Atlanta. Uh, I probably long-term would say, yeah, I doubt it can happen, but it's Mad Max, Max Scherzer, who knows the Atlanta Braves very well, going up against the Braves. I mean, come on. That's going to be a good one. That's at 5 o'clock on Saturday, followed by, if necessary, Red Sox at Astros in a Game 7. I do love a Game 7. Winner takes all. Yeah, that's fun too. That's a lot of fun. So we'll see what happens there. We shall see. not really excited about it i'm kind of i'm a watch but like i said it's a four-hour game you can't watch a four-hour game and what can major league baseball do to change it you know what they can do to change it and i've said this before pitchers warming up on the mound the substitutions should just be get on the mound and start pitching. And I know you're going to say, oh, well, you don't know what it's like for a pitcher, and I don't. 
But what I do know, what I see with my own eyes is you were in the the uh, bullpen warming up for 10, 15 minutes, just pitching, 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 pitching. So it, ju- it should be walk out and keep pitching. Not walk out, you warm up, takes another five, 10 minutes, I'm exaggerating some before, you know, you go to commercial break, you come back, pitcher's warming up some more, then you're ready to go. That's the one thing I think they could change it, especially where the game is going. I mean, starters aren't even starters anymore. Starters are going like four innings, which in many ways, like salary-wise, the starting pitching salary seem to go up while their innings go down, which doesn't make sense to me relievers are becoming even more valuable than they were before. I mean, teams are using six to nine, 10 pitchers in the game, it seems like. And that's prolonging the game. It makes it take that much longer to finish it. And that's the one place I think they could fix it. You've been warming up in the bullpen already. Just come out on the mound and let's go. Couldn't imagine if in football, you know, uh, a new running back comes in or a new wide receiver or a linebacker and they get a chance to, you know, pretend, you know, run a couple routes. Let me get warmed up. You know, no. In actuality, they don't even really get to warm up that way on the sidelines. It's come right in the game and you start running again. Or throwing again. Could you imagine if a quarterback was like, yo, hold up. Let me get like five minutes. Let me kind of warm up my arm on the field. Yeah, let's let's get some routes. Let me hand off a couple times. No. In basketball, you don't get to come in the game and practice some free throws or some three-pointers before the game starts again. That's the one place that baseball can change. And I hope that they do it. And I hope that they do it in this offseason. But the Major League Baseball Player Association is pretty, pretty strong. And that could probably lead to a lockout, which no one wants. So in the end, probably nothing's going to be done. They're not going to listen to me. I'm just a dope who doesn't know anything. And baseball just be long. And I just won't watch. I'll give you five minutes, ten minutes. I'll give you a ninth inning. If the game is tight, it's the World Series like I did with the Nats. But unless I'm there in person, you're not getting the whole game out of me. And now it's time for my gut check picks. So, as I mentioned, I did think that the Cleveland Browns would lose to the Denver Broncos. So I'm going to go on ahead and stick to that. But here are the rest of my picks. Green Bay Packers. Welcome the Washington football team to Wisconsin. The Packers are favored at minus seven and a half. Washington football's defense is not very good. Who knows how this new investigation by Congress will affect the team. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But I'll take the Packers to win that game. Baltimore Ravens hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. The Ravens are favored at minus six. I'm taking the Ravens in that game. 
the Jets hosting the Patriots. The Patriots are favored at minus six and a half. Am I really starting my gut check picks with three straight home favorites? I think I am. I think I am. The Chiefs at the Titans. The Chiefs are favored at minus five. I thought the Titans played a really good game at home against the Bills. But also, if Josh Allen didn't slip, the Bills would have won that game. But he didn't, and the Titans won. I'll take the Titans at plus five, but I would not be surprised if the Chiefs win that game. I would not be surprised. Carolina Panthers at the Giants. The Panthers are favored at minus two and a half. A road favorite is tough to pick. You really don't know what's going to happen in this game. But I'll take the road favorite in the Panthers. Falcons at the Dolphins. Falcons are favored at minus two and a half. I'm taking the Falcons in that game. Detroit Lions at the LA Rams. East to west, or rather Midwest to west. It's not really a thing, but the Rams favored at minus 15 and a half. I'm actually going to take the Rams. Can't go with the Lions after they disappointed me last weekend too. Oh, that was rough. Eagles at the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are favored minus two and a half. I think the Raiders bounce back very well in getting a win, which I thought that they wouldn't last week. Eagles going west, east to west. I'm taking the Raiders at minus two and a half. We got the Bears at the Buccaneers. Buccaneers favorite at minus 12. I'll take that at minus 12. Texans at the Cardinals. Cardinals are favored at minus 17 and a half. 17 and a half. That's a lot of points. But the Texans, whoo, not really good. I'm going ahead and take that one too. Colts at 49ers. 49ers are favored at minus four and a half. Jimmy Garoppolo will be back under center. Looks like that'll be the case. I mean, I don't know how you can't go with the 49ers here. The Colts do look good. Carson Wentz has been playing well. I'm taking the 49ers at minus four and a half. No, check that. I'll take the Colts at plus four and a half. I think the game will be closer. And then Monday night, Saints at Seahawks. I don't know what you're going to get out of the Seahawks. They played well in Pittsburgh, but they still lost. But the Saints are so up and down. They're favored at minus four and a half. Oh, boy. Take the Seahawks plus four and a half. 
And those are my picks. Those are my picks. I got the Packers at minus seven and a half, Ravens at minus six, Patriots minus six and a half, Titans plus five, Cardinals minus two and a half, Falcons minus two, Rams minus 15 and a half, Raiders minus two and a half, Buccaneers minus 12, Cardinals minus 17 and a half. Man, my heart, I don't know about that one. Colts plus four and a half, Seahawks plus four and a half. There you go. Book it. My gut check picks. Dexter and I are not going to be calling the Steelers game. It's their bye week, but you can still check out ColorCast app for other talented folks calling games. And if you like my picks, go with them. If you want more informed uh, opinion, more information, more uh, sporting books to check, if you are able to bet, go to PropsHQ.com. Help you learn, wager, and win. All from there. All right, that'll do it for Just for Sport. Enjoy your sports weekend. I know I will. Ciao for now.